Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome to another edition of Game Day Extra Time, the show where fans have their say on their club. And this week I'm joined by five fantastic gentlemen as we talk about Paul Cook's first five games in charge to the big contract conversation. A lot of players out of contract in the summer. We're also going to get our predictions for the Wigan game. Can Paul Cook get his first away win? Wait and see on that, but um, I'm going to introduce the man making his debut first, and that is good old Alex. Um, thank you for coming on the show. Welcome to the show. And um, I want to get your thoughts, firstly. I want to go to Bloomers, Harvey, Liam and Segs, of course. They're joining us this week um, on Paul Cook's first five games in charge. Um, only one win out of them first five games, but your overall thoughts on Cookie, as you always say, <laughs> his nickname. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, Ross. Lovely to be here amongst these esteemed uh, gentlemen. Um, thanks very much. I think I said this to you before that he, if he wasn't aware of how big a job he had, he is now. Um, I've been watching lots of clips of him with the, with the training that he's doing and and how involved he is. And we, and we talked about how with no no crowd, you can hear everything that he's saying. And it was especially true in the Pompey game. You could hear him screaming so much. You know, sit, Kenneth, chase. I mean, it was constant, constant, constant. And he's really trying to vocalise. And then I saw the stuff on the training ground yesterday and today, I think it was. And he really is, he's really hands-on and he's right in there and he's talking to the players. And I think that is a really positive thing. I, You can write off the first four or five games anyway in a time of COVID, in the pandemic. It is what it is. He's got what he has out of them, the best that he can. But seeing that impact that he's trying to have with them on the training ground... He's talking about body position. He's talking about how they move. He's, he's telling them different things. I think we're really seeing a, a. I'm taking real positives from this and from what he's doing. Fleetwood was a debacle, and we talked about that. And I was hoping that there would be a, a big improvement in the Pompey game. And I did see a big improvement in the first 40 minutes, especially. The problem is that Cookie has to do all of this vocalizing because he doesn't have any vocals on the pitch. There is no one on the pitch literally saying, come here, you do that, you sit, you go, you play. You know, even Skews wasn't vocal. Even Skews isn't overly vocal. And Chambers isn't vocal either. So I'm not going to have this big leader thing about him just because he does a fist pump at the end. There's no one else really directing traffic and doing that. So Paul Cook's gone in there and he, he was talking to Ward and Chamber on one of the clips and having a bit of a laugh with them, trying to gauge them. What is key there are two things. The Paul Cook thing is how much does he get feedback from the players? I saw Bishop talking to him and asking him and saying, right, what do you think? What do you think? Is Dozza much of a chatter? Is he is he intellectually there? I'm not so sure if he would be. And I think Cook is just seeing, right, what can I get out of these players? And the other key thing is system schmistums don't mean anything. What you've got is you've got a manager, hopefully, who can make players better. We haven't had managers to make players better and improve them. It doesn't matter whether they're a warrior centre-back or a ball-playing centre-back. I think Cookie's the kind of manager that can improve the players. In so many teams, you see players that have done well out of nowhere. And they're like, oh, why did he have such a great season? He's, getting, he's had two years with us and he's been brilliant. Because the right club, right manager. And hopefully we've got a manager that gets the best out of the players, which will help us improve. But, you know, a long way to go. I still don't think we're... No, we're nowhere near the playoffs for us, as we know. But I'm really hopeful next year's our time. And he is a player improver and he will build and develop those players, whoever stays. And he will be looking for the right personality who will grow and work hard enough to, to make the club better. 
Well, well said as always, Alex. Um, and I want to go over to, to Liam next. And, you know, I'm sure you agree with a lot what Alex has said on Paul Cook. Um, your overall take on Paul Cook so far? <laughs> um, you know, the Gillingham game wasn't great. And then, of course, as he mentioned, the Fleetwood debacle. Oh, God, that was a terrible, painful watch. But um, he was just betting himself into the side, weren't he? He was still finding out different players and everything like that. But your take on the first five games so far? Well, I mean, I've seen some people and it is really ridiculous that are actually questioning Cook at the moment. And it's like, you, you can't judge Cook on the tools that he's been given. He has no chance to change him. And maybe, and we'll probably quickly, briefly say about this later with the Wigan game, that he might switch to a two-up front that has been mentioned. And maybe, yeah, you could say that he might have to adapt his own personal philosophy to get the best out of what he's already got if he wants to achieve the goals that he set. But I'm under no illusions. That, and I said this, I said this um, near Christmas time, actually. Um, and I think I got shot down for it. Um, but I just don't think these players are anywhere near as good as people think they are. I, I really don't. Um, that. They're individually, they have some of the best players in this in this league. But as a team, they 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 aren't a collective. They they, they really struggle um, to play and do what what is asked for them. I mean, they're not being asked to do particularly complicated things, but it looks like they're hitting a brick wall every time they go forward. It, it's like they have no idea about how they're going to create chances. It's just, it, it's it's strange how how lack of creativity there when we've got players who have a creative spark to them, but they've all underperformed. And I mean, I'm not going to go in too much about um, he who must not be named, uh, but I mean, yeah, that's a fine, that's a fine. He, if anybody mentions a, him, he wasn't a good man. He, for me, I said it from the start, but I didn't think he was the right man taking the club forward. But I think looking at it now, I think you have to say that it wasn't all his fault. And you have to say that a lot of the faults still rest with the players. Because I, I, I take umbrage with what um, Bishop said after the game against Pompey at the weekend, where he said, we still got to buy in to what Cook is trying to get them to do. Well, I don't understand what, 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 what they need to buy into because Cook, for me, hasn't changed anything. He's still playing the 1-1 one, one up front. He's still playing the two wide men as like a free and inverted wingers, potentially. It, it, nothing's really changed apart from Cook wants the passing to be a lot quicker and the pressing to be a lot, um, a lot tighter and, and quicker. Um, I don't see how it's that much, that that many tweaks that Cook has made. And he said that he's not going to change a lot because he hasn't got any players that he can just pluck out of nowhere to change things and suddenly everything works. He's got to work with the players he's got. He wants to instill what he wants to do on them. And the five games we've seen, it, it clearly hasn't worked that that great. Um, Plymouth, the, it, it, we, we, 
wasn't a great a great win, was it? Um, so I mean, nothing's really changed. Um, but I have absolutely no issues with Cook whatsoever. Um, the time for him to be judged about what, whether he will be good enough as the manager of Ipswich Town will be um, after the transfer window and the start of next season when he should hopefully have his team and hopefully the philosophies he wants to bring to it should, um, we should be able to see that more. But I'm excited going forward and whether we get in the playoffs or not, um, I, I'm, I'm excited for, for the future under him. Okay, wait and see on that. And uh, before I go over to you, Segs, uh, who's next up? I want to go to Alex. I saw a hand up. Um, what would yeah, you just like quickly, to add? I, I don't know. I think he's trying to give them a lot of information away from the pitch. I don't think it's necessarily stuff that's happening. I think it's, especially in training anyway, he hasn't had them for sessions, has he? I think he's giving them a lot of information. You can see that on the training ground. He's really, he's talking about body position. He's saying, I want this and I want that and I want that. And I imagine that he's a very different character and personality to Lambert. And that's, this is all very new to them. This is all very, oh, hello. What, what do you mean I can move my, and you need to position my body in a different way? I think these are the things that he's trying to get through and Cook's trying to find out who's got the intelligence to handle it and implement what he wants. Yeah, I think he's very much a different character to the other bloke, uh, the other Paul. Sorry, yeah, I <laughs> um, mentioned his name. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, fine. You get a fine. There we go. <laughs> That's the first fine of the day. Um, over to you then, Segs. Um, you've heard from Liam and Alex. Um, your take on Paul Cook so far. Are you enjoying his football? Um, Liam said there's not much change in terms of the, the games. I see a little bit of difference. I see more press, pressing. I see more what, chances creating, sort of. <laughs> yeah, um, I see a bit of difference, yeah. I mean, he is playing a, a similar system, to be fair to him. Um, but the way that they've been playing against like the first... 10, 20 minutes, I can't remember exactly, against Plymouth was something that we hadn't seen this season for, you know, or for consistently this season for a while. And then also for the Portsmouth game, we played the first 40 minutes of that game, we were on the front foot and we were unlucky to concede and to go in at 1-1, uh, to go in at half-time at 1-1. So I think he is making a difference. And like Alex said, he is telling them, he's giving them information. He's very hands-on, as you can see from the videos um, and from watching live, he is given him so much information and he is I think he is a bright spark to be fair it's better than oh I played in Germany and you should be doing like this um you know the the old kind of German way let's say but yeah I, I, I am enjoying it for what it is um I'm enjoying football again I, you know it got so crap under Lambert let's say until the past 10 days or whatever it was when Gil was in charge yeah, I don't care. I don't care about fines. Find me as much as you want. <laughs> it's, it's our history. We talk about our history in 1978, 1981. Why can't we talk about the past year? Yeah, true. Yeah, true. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, if you want to find me on that, you can find others on the 1978 mentions. So. <laughs> that was but good yeah, times, um, though. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. But even so, you know, you've you still got to talk about history. You still talk about Mick. Mick has yeah. gone out today and said how, you know, how he, he was goaded out of um, Ipswich. Um, and he was harshly treated. I mean, some of it, what he said was pretty crap. I mean, he didn't always get us in the top half, but to some degree, yeah, he is. He did do well with the budget he had. And what Alex was saying earlier, we haven't really had a manager to get the players, get the best out of the players, but he did it, especially in his first three seasons. Um, mm. I think it's, it's hard to deny that, to be honest, um, especially in the playoff season. I mean, having Murphy score 27 goals is phenomenal. Having Smith and Bear at the back doing what they did, Tab and Anderson on the wings, um, like David always says, you know, it's 
we haven't had a manager like that since to get the best of the managers and we've got one now and I honestly believe that if you give them time give them the backing which is a bit another question mark over I mean I know we don't want to go into that too much but if, you know if you give him time give him the backing he will sort the squad out and he will get in who he wants and he will put a system in place to work as he wants it to I honestly believe that after what we've seen so far I know it hasn't the results haven't been great um but it's going to take time. We've we've got so much deadwood there at the moment. You, you can't install his the way that he wants to play at the moment. Anyway, um, and with the training that they were um, training, I think it was yesterday, wasn't it? It came out that Tuesday, you know, they had three good, they had a good day Monday, and then Tuesday comes along, and then all of a sudden, yeah. they can hack it. They collapse. These are these are footballers for Christ's sake. They're supposed to be able to train as much as they're supposed to. If David, I know he's not on the pod, but I mentioned him again. But if David goes out gardening and has a good day Monday, and then I don't know, he's got a, a few things to do on Tuesday, but can't be asked. He's oh, I'll just do do it, do it for an hour, and that'll do. <laughs> that's not that's not professional, is it? It's lazy. You know. Sometimes he does, though. I think he has mentioned if it's raining or something. He's sort of like, <laughs> nah. Not, not today. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's self-employed though, so it's different. So yeah, yeah he's true, got yeah. the he's got the choice to do that. I used to do that as a labourer. Mm. So yeah, <laughs> but but um, you know, it's, it is unprofessional in my eyes. You, you should be able to cope with training, and um, I think Cook will implement a system and a, and a way to sort that out. Um, I mean, I tweeted about it yesterday, and I, I haven't actually replied to the replies that I got, but. I do think Hurst maybe was a bit revolutionary in his ideas, and I do think the old guy didn't like it. Um, just mm. it just it wasn't it wasn't the way that Mick brought him out, and they they rebelled against it, and we're paying for that now, unfortunately. Absolutely. Well, well said. Um, over to I saw a hand up there, Liam. So before I go over to Bloomers and Harvey, um, what, what are you got to add there? Have you are you disagreeing with something? I, I, no, I only want to say that I, there have been subtle changes. I'm not saying that it hasn't been, I mean, the, the first 20 minutes against Plymouth. But it goes to the point that Seggs has just said there, that we've had an issue in, in training this week where the players suddenly, the day after a really good day of training, they're suddenly knackered and can't, can't do it again the next day. Well, the Plymouth game is an example of that. The Burton game back in uh, just before Christmas um, was also an example where they came out the traps after 10 minutes. Then they're knackered and they can't do anything for the rest of the 80 minutes. And they're, they're kind of picking up scraps. And it was the same against Plymouth. If they'd scored more goals, then they would have won comfortably. But we ended up hanging on in that game because they blew themselves out after 20 minutes. So it was, it, it, for me, that there are minor slight changes but I think we still have the fundamental problem that if James Norwood is not fit we don't look like we're going to score goals um, and frankly I, I think it's going to be um, a tough ride ahead if he can't stay fit Okay and I will eventually get you to you Harvey and Bloomers but I'll go hand up again from Segs and Alex so quickly over to you Segs I do also think there's a losing mentality at the club we've since Hurst has been here, we have just gone down and down. And the number of times that we've lost more than we've won at the moment is, is you know, it's unbelievable. And I don't think that's helping at all. Um, like with the Portsmouth game, you go 1-0 up and all of a sudden they just, they do change the way they play and they just think, are we going to hold on to this? And then obviously the, the equaliser comes and then they just down tools and then we've lost the game. That's three points lost. Um, 
I think that that definitely needs to be changed. We definitely need to start thinking we're going to win this. We're going to win this. We're going to win this, especially against the top eight sides. Because again, there's another another team we've lost to in the top top eight, top ten. Where I can't quite remember where they were. You know, so obviously that mentality has to go. Um, thankfully, though, we've only got Charlton to play. So you know, if we think we're not going to beat these top ten sides anymore, it doesn't matter anymore. The season we can just we'll thrash the rest. <laughs> Mm. Wait until now. Um, Alex, um, what else you got to add, my friend? Yeah, yeah. just quickly, from where we were six years ago to being in the playoffs to where we are now, there is a cancer, a rotten a rotten stench in the club that needs to be ripped out. It needs to be pulled out and thrown away. It absolutely does. They've been cashing their checks in for too long, just cruising through. And this work ethic. One more thing. Paul Cook would not have done this double session, double session idea without having employed it at other clubs. He wouldn't have just brought it in to try and knacker them, he would have had an expectation that they were able to do it. It's big changes in the summer and I can't wait. Yeah, big rebuild incoming, basically. Um, so, Harvey, Bloomers, you've heard from the guys. I mean, it's your time to, to speak. Um, I want to go over to I want to go over to Bloomers first. I'm going to leave you last, Harvey. Once again, it's not me being harsh. I just think I know you're going to add a great way to segue into the next bit. So, that's it. No, pre- no pressure, yeah. Just building a lot of pressure on you. But Bloomers, um, yeah, your take on Paul Cook's start at the club. Um, his you know, press conferences have been fantastic. I've enjoyed just listening to a manager for once. Uh, now, um, my connection is a bit spotty. So if, I'm, like, if you can't hear me properly, then literally just cut me off. I don't mind. Uh, and I can repeat a rant. So uh, with that being said... Um, I, I like Alex because he says a lot of what I'm thinking, uh, which is which is I don't really actually have a lot to say about Paul Cook, it's not to begin with, anyways. For this piece, I think five games it is impossible to get a measure on any manager unless unless it's with five games to go for the season and the manager's coming with five games to go. Okay, you can judge, judge a manager then, but for this, there, there's no way of judging the abilities of Paul Cook. And what he's going to bring to the to this football club—that's all going to come in the summer. And it's the players that, well, need to be front, centre, and back right now, because, well, and Alex said it quite quite perfectly. This mentality has been here for the last, well, at least since Mick McCarthy's left. It might be a little bit before that, but the way I see it is that with Mick McCarthy. Players could slack off to an extent, especially with like his old guard or whatever. It coast to an extent where 14th, 15th in the championship was this benchmark that the club had set, or 12th in the championship. And Mick could get them to that point, but no further. But since he's left, this idea of coasting still exists. The thing is, whoever's been in charge isn't getting them to that level. There has been no sign of any turnaround or improvement even in the years that Mick was here, it's just gone down and down and the decline has happened faster because uh, the managers that have been in charge since Mick McCarthy haven't been able to do anything about it. Their idea of posting is less than what we for and it's just going down and down. I think it was Liam who said like, oh, this squad of players is, uh, you know, like one of the best in the division on paper. And I think I've been guilty in the past of saying that exact same thing on, on this show. But the more and more I think about it, like, what was it Barack Obama said? You can put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. Okay? And you can put little touches on this team 
But at the end of the day, this mentality set in and it doesn't matter if these players like can go to another club and score 30, score 30 goals or become part of an amazing defence or whatever. Right here, right now, and we're going to get onto the subject in, in a bit when we talk about what players we want to keep. I can't, for the life of me, work out these are the three or four players I would pick to be the bedrock of turning this around next season, wherever they be. I can't tell you three or four players I want to be the bedrock of that. Like, let alone what Paul Cook thinks, because he must sit, go out there and think the same. For the exact reason that Alex said, where's the leadership? Where the, and don't and by the way, you've got to uh, win a game to do a fist pump, and Chambers isn't doing too much of that at the moment, so don't even see the fist pump anymore. There's, there's no building blocks on that pitch right now for Paul Cook to work with. So I'm not here and say anything about Paul Cook for the, for the remainder of this season, probably, because to me, this season's lost. I don't see what he's going to do with this group of players. Completely not his fault. The thing that will come is the summer where we need a complete and utter rebound, in my opinion, with a complete and a new squad. We've seen teams do that uh, recently where, you know, there were actually dozens of signings come in. And I think we're going to be a team that needs that because at the moment, there's just nothing to build on. And if you want to build on a team that's finished 10th and then whatever we finish in League One this season, be my guest. But I'm pretty sure Paul Cook's smart enough to realise that's not a good basis to get yourself in. And let's be real again. We need to be in the top two of League One. Why are we pissing around with the playoffs? And we can't even do that at the moment because of the squad we've got. So sorry for completely ignoring your question and not asking anything about Paul Cook. But right now, there's not much in my opinion to say about him. I like the guy. I love his press conferences, Ross. So we can just talk about those because the crowds come home. He's, uh, he's got more uh, octave changes than me, which is saying something. Um, and he's going to be, in my opinion, good for the club. He's just got no chance of showing that yet, and that won't happen for the rest of this season. I also like his uh, red, I'm sure Harvey agree, but I also like his red jumper that he wears, but no sign of Planet Blue releasing it yet. <laughs> no, they, they may do. They, they, they may do after if you know if we win promotion or whatever. But yeah, well, well, Bloomers has just yeah just chucked the question out of the window now. Really, it's a bit pointless talking about it. But I'll, I'll still get Harvey's thoughts anyway. Um, you can follow suit with what Bloomers has said, or yeah, I don't mind you not answering the question, but just your take in the first five games of Paul Cook's era. Yeah, it's you know like like everyone said it's. It's very, very hard to judge it from, from five games. Um, there are subtle tweaks. Um, I like how his, his man management seems to be so much better than already than Lambert's. Um, for me, the the players look like they're respected, whereas as during the course of Lambert's reign, they never really looked like they had that much respect or time for him. So um, it's good to see a, a fresh voice. Um, I think he's going to be an outstanding manager for us. I really, really do. Um, but that's not going to be this season because um, he's dealing with, with Deadwood. If a miracle happens and we make the playoffs, which I actually don't think we will now, um, we're not going to beat any of the, of, the, of the top six. So for me, start afresh next season. Um, you know, As we're going to talk about a little bit later, get rid of the, of the Deadwood and, and start again. But in, in terms of you know, Cook himself. Um, I've been really impressed with him. I, I love listening to his press conferences and the way he speaks and how he's been saying that he needs to be having brutally honest conversations with, with 
with players, um, and those players need brutally honest conversations, um, and they've needed them for a good few years. So it's a breath of fresh air, I have to say. I really, I really like his demeanour. I like his his character, his personality. I love the fact that he's got two different voices in interviews. That's quite good as well. Um, so yeah, all in all, I'm, I'm really pleased with him so far. But I'm not even going to go on to people doubting him or anything like that because it's just a a waste of air time for me because anyone who who honestly is judging a manager after five games on a team that are oh, let's be honest not very good um needs to have a strong word of themselves so i'm not even going to go into that but um yeah really pleased to cook buzzing he's here um and i think next season once he gets he gets his own players in gets his own ideas in um i think we could be a, a real real good team in this league because as i said it would take a miracle for us to go up, in my opinion. Well said, Harvey. And I'm, I'm going to stick with you, Harvey, for the next segment because, um, you know, you, you haven't had a chance to speak much so far on the pod. You had to wait a little while to get your word in. So I'm going to keep you with me right now and we're going to get into the next segment uh, talking about the Deadwood. Uh, of course, we have a lot of players out of contract in the summer. Probably the first time, probably in our history, that we've had this amount of players out of contract. And, a lot of them we probably don't want to keep. Um, so the rule is I'm allowing all the guys to be in charge. They're the manager when I go to them. So Harvey, you're the manager first and then you're going to get sacked. So I'm going to chuck in Alex and then the rest will <laughs> get sacked as well. So very short-term time as a manager. But um, Harvey, over to you. Um, you're allowed to keep three of the, I'll say, the, the key first-team players. There's a lot of fringe players, a lot of youth players who are out of contract too, so we won't really mention them. So I'll quickly rattle out all the names. I'm going to just breathe for a second. So, Janoi Donation, Luke Chambers, Stephen Ward, Emmy Hughes, Alan Judge, James Wilson, Freddie Sears, uh, Caden Jackson, Teddy Bishop, Toto Enciala, Tristan Nydam, uh, Idris Elmazuni, Cole Skuse, uh, Guion Edwards, Aaron Dryden, I think mean, that's all of them. Yeah, that's all of them. The rest of the, the you know, the youngsters, under 23s players. Um, of course, the main pod, they covered this in depth, but you're allowed to just keep three players. Oh, I know some of the guys really said to me, can I just have two? <laughs> I can only name two. But um, Harvey, over to you. Which three players out of the people I mentioned are you keeping? Well, I thought kind of long and hard about this and, and kind of went back and forth between a few players. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be a, a variety of different opinions and, you know, people choosing different players. But for me, um, the three I would keep at the club, uh, first of all, I would keep Teddy Bishop. And the reason I say that is because, although it concerns me that Cook is still trying to figure out his best position, he's moved in deep, he's moved in kind of behind Norwood or whoever the striker is. Um, he's still 24 years old. Paul Cook improves players a lot. If he improves Teddy Bishop 25%, he'll be absolutely tearing up League One. Um, so for me, he, he would be one I'd keep. Um, the second one I'd keep would be Janoi Donassian. And the reason why I say that is because we're all praying that KVY is going to be this 46-game full-back player next season. We're all hoping for that. So I'm going off the basis that KVY is going to be fit. But my thought process was, well, even if he wasn't fit, I don't think Janoi, without ever being outstanding, has never, ever let anyone down. And that backup right-back position 
is going to be a hard sell to someone if we do get rid of him. Um, not only that, he can play various positions along the back line. So I think he's been treated poorly um, during his spell. But I would 100% keep him. I think he's fine for this level. He gives us different options. Um, and we need we need a squad. Um, so he was one I'd keep. Um, and finally, I would keep uh, Guion Edwards. Um, and that was that was a tough one because, you know, he started off like a train. He flatters to deceive sometimes, but I'm I'm praying that um, that Cook plays him where he, his best position is, as we've said so many times in this podcast on the left wing. Um, I'm praying praying for that. So, and I think if he does, he's shown already what a good player he can be at this level. We need to improve. Um, on the on the on the wing in the summer, we need to bring in at least two players for me. But he can still be really good at this level, which he's shown before. Um, it was a tough one. It was either Edwards or James Wilson. I have to say, it was between them two for me. Wilson's been brilliant, but I think we need a fresh voice in the in the centre of defence. That's why I would get rid of Enciala, Chambers, and Wilson. I don't think Cook will do that. Um, I would get rid of them. Um, we've got Corey and Darba as well, who's coming back from loan, who I think, for me, should be at least in the in the eighteen next season at the very you know at the very minimum pushing for the starting position. So I completely understand why someone would want to keep Chambers. He's had played forty odd games this season. He's he's been reliable. Um, same with Wilson. He's been one of our better players. But for me, we just need to have a freshness in the squad. We need a fresh voice. Chambers has been an unbelievable servant and he'll always be loved by every Ipswich fan, I'm sure. Um, and I'm sure he'll come back in the future. But for me, we're, we're in a really dangerous position at the moment where this could go either one or two ways. You know, we could do really well under Cook and he could be our saving grace or we could stagnate further. Um, and I don't want Luke Chambers to be part of that anymore, I have to say. Um, we need a fresh voice. And um, yeah, those are the three I'd keep. But tough, tough choices. Just a quick mention with Jackson. Again, Ken Jackson's a player I really like. But even if he does go four four two, temporarily cook, he's not going to stick to that. Um, and for me, Caden Jackson is as much use in a one up front as I am in a marathon. Um, so not for me. I'd, I'd, I'd get rid of him. Um, we should have taken the money we got from last season. Um, so yeah. Those are the three I'd go with, but tough calls. Okay, well, um, so that was Donation, Edwards, and I've completely forgot the other guy you mentioned. Bishop. Bishop, yeah, Bishop. I am listening, I'm listening. Um, I, I was just, yeah, mind blank there. Um, I had Segs's hand up, so I'm going to, before I go to you, Alex, I want to get Segs' take. Um, is he, I don't know if he wants to just say something, what Harvey said, and uh, which three okay. players then? So I can do my own bit if you want. But yeah, um, so actually, funny enough, I actually agree with Harvey. Harvey's three players, I was going to go Bishop, Edwards and um, Dineshin. Uh I was going to go Bishop because he's actually, the first time in a while, he's actually played a lot this season. And I think under Cook, like Harvey said, he is going to, hopefully, he will get better. And he's still young and he'll just keep improving and provide us, hopefully, staple piece in our midfield for a while to come as yet so I think and he's one of our own um, but yeah I think Bishop needs to be the one of the first 
to sign up um keep him on keep him in um and with edwards i think he's although he can be inconsistent he has proven that he can do really well for us um unfortunately he got the injury early on this season and it's kind of suffered this season so maybe if he can you know, sign a contract stay here longer push on have another uh, that that Edwards back next season. The only worry for me at the moment is the fact that Cook seems insistent on playing him on the right. <laughs> and we all said at the start of this player, um, start of this season, when he was playing on the left, he needs to stay there. We've been saying it for a while. Edwards looks better on the left. He looks better on the left. He cuts inside. That's why he marked his trade at Peterborough. And all of a sudden, Cook's come in. That's my only criticism of Cook at the moment is playing Edwards on the right. He, he for some reason he just keeps him there. And we all know. <laughs> I know we're not managers, but we all have this feeling that Edwards is better on the left. And for me, that's where he's got to play. So that's that's my only one little doubt. But I would definitely bring Edwards in. And then Tanashian as well. Um, he, he unfairly treated here. He'd been doing well at Fleetwood as far as I know. Um, it'd be a good backup to KVY. Still don't understand why he hasn't been starting this season for us. Obviously, well, I do understand. He in Lambert's tea at Villa so you know um, you know there's something there obviously but um, it's unfortunate for him that his town career has been the way it is because he's 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 deserved more than what he's had um, you know, of going from the coming in as a loan when he should have been signed and then went back to Ackwinden halfway through the season and then last season put out because of Edwards who as, as I just said plays better on the left of midfield instead of right wing back that was random um, so yeah, I think he's been unfairly treated here, and I think under a new manager, he could potentially excel and hopefully, hopefully provide us with a backup. Or even if KBY isn't going to be the KBY that we wanted to be and hoped him to be after coming back on Saturday, then he could perhaps cement his place there. But also, though, he also provides a backup for left back if need be, or if you want KBY on the left where he has played at times, I believe you can then put Dalashin on the right. So there's there's plenty of options between those two if you need it so I think he adds something there um, it's just a shame what's happened to him I was going to say about Jackson as well um, should have sold should have sold him last summer so if we had more than three players he'd have been my fourth player just because I'd have given him a contract just because we should, we're, we're going to lose too much money for him if he goes for free um, you know if we had the money offered last season, uh, last summer Perhaps should have took it with what's happened. Um, I mean, he got excelled for a while. I know he's back in the team, but he's not—he's not a striker with one up front. You need to play him with someone else, preferably Norwood, and to get the best out of him. And if that's not the way that Cook wants to play full time, then um, I don't think he's going to do very well here. But um, obviously, we're going to lose too much money though, so you need to sign him up if need be to, you know, to at least get something from him. Um, and you know. Cook does improve players, so if it if it does if it does help that, then why not? But I was going to say about Chambers as well. Perhaps a bit of a rant coming. Um, I know we're only supposed to limit this to three three players, but I don't understand why people want to keep him. Honestly, don't give me what you want. Yeah, okay. He's been a good servant to the club. Fair enough. He's he's been here for a while. He loves the club. Give me all that. What has he done apart from pump his chest, give us a few fist pumps and swear at the sky cameras? What has he done? He hasn't done a lot. There's, there's plenty of mistakes in him. He's getting older. He's, what, 36 next season. He's not a right back. 
I hate the fact that he's been playing right back this season. I hate the fact that he did it under Mick. Johnny Parr was much more, much, much better. You could feel that much better than what Mick did, um, Chambers did. I know I, I, I love Johnny Parr, so that, that does that does rile me. But even so, you know, um, it's, he he isn't a right back, and to have him here as a as a potential um, potential backup to right back next season is just baffling. Um, like I said, one or two people suggest, why would you want him here as a backup to right back next season under KBY? He's he's getting old. He's, it's not his position anyway. And even in centre back, he he's liable to mistake. I mean, look at Sunderland last year. Yeah, he's had his good moments, but um, just for me, his, 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 his time here is done um, as a player. If you want to give him a coach, I'm a bit undecided on that. If you want to keep him here as a coach, it's I do feel like we need a complete refresh, which means letting him go completely, but I don't mind giving him the coach status. Um, obviously, Cook's a good manager for that to be under and he can sort of get his badges and do what he has to do for that here if, if need be. Um, but in terms of giving him enough contract, no, we need, a, we, need a re, we need to rebuild. We need a fresh voice at the back. Like Alex was saying earlier, he, he's not, he doesn't really lead that well, does he? I mean, we, we've all gone downhill since he's been here. It's, we've only had what one, two positive seasons under Chambers. Um, I know you can blame the managers under that as well, but it's, there hasn't been much, much, much success under here. And I think if you want to rebuild, he's where you need to start. You need to start at Chambers, take him out, give downs to captaincy, maybe start, you know, give him an incentive to stay. But in terms of rebuild, start at Chambers and then Scoose. And then move on with that because you you can't rebuild if you've still got that that staple there. It's still it's still going to be a part of the past ten years that we've had of stagnation. If he's still at the back there with the captain's armband, I don't care what anyone says. Okay then, <laughs> well um, we'll find out if anybody in this group um, will keep Chambers. We'll wait and see. I, I don't think anybody will. Um, we'll wait and see on that. Um, Alex, over to you then. Um, are you agreeing with both Harvey and Segs, or have you got other names, uh, players to chuck in to your yeah, three? They're pretty close to what I would think. Um, I think. Um, I think maybe Edwards is playing on the right to maybe protect Chambers a little bit in a defensive perspective. Edwards on the right. I think I saw a game a couple of weeks ago or a week or so ago where Chambers was brilliant, um, where Edwards was brilliant defensively and he was working really hard and actually doing a little bit of coverage for Chambers. I think this question is really difficult and you can see it with all the answers on Twitter about everybody doing their thumbs up and their thumbs down this week. I mean, we don't know, do we? It's really messy. I think this question will be really interesting in seven or eight weeks or six games, say, say six games time when Cook actually sees what he gets from these players. If there is an improvement or there is an effort because he wants that work ethic, if he gets it, then I think it will become clearer as to who, as which players he's going to keep and which are worthy of the shirt. I mean, we're talking about Danassian. We haven't seen him in however long and we're getting excited about a guy that's gone away and we haven't seen him. Cook hasn't even worked with him. We're all saying, oh, keep Danassian. Well, if he was that good, why, where's he been? Um, but I understand he has a versatility about him and, and from a practical sense, it's really difficult. I saw green shoots of improvement from Bishop against Portsmouth, um, where he really bossed that 40 minutes. You remember, he won a tackle in the middle and gave the ball. He did a beautiful run where he glided past about three or four players. It was gorgeous. And I thought, here we go. This is the Bishop that we love to see. There's that quality. So I agree with everyone around Bishop. 
And I think a fully fit Downs Bish in there. <sighs> I like Wilson. I've liked Wilson. I'm wondering because what are we going to do here? Is he going to get rid of 10 players and are 10 going to come in? We just don't know, do we? Or does he plan to keep some? Um, Edwards, I looked at the stats and Edwards has shown great form, hasn't he? He scored, bang, banged a few goals in at the start of the season and he looked on fire, didn't we? We looked, we were playing really well at the start of the season, weren't we? Bishop was playing really well. Edwards was five in, four in five. It's there, isn't it? It's there. There's something there. So I'm with you on Edwards, I, I guess. I can see that. And I can see Danassian as well for his versatility. I see Corey and Darba coming back, especially. He's been tearing up trees at air. They've been raving about him every week, even though he went off with a hamstring injury on Saturday, unfortunately. I think we should have stuck with him this year instead of McGuinness. Should have stuck with him instead and, of bringing um, McGuinness in. Well, I also thought Wolfie as well. I mean, I saw Wolfie a few times and thought, wow, he's a Rolls Royce. We really need to work with this boy. But I mean, I'm getting off topic. Sorry. So the three to what, keep. What are your three? Yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I agree with the lads. I mean, I, I don't know. I think we'll know more in six weeks about who we keep. I think we build a lot around Bishop. I still rave about Bishop. If they hadn't had those injuries and he's remember, he's had chronic luck with injuries. He really has a quality player. Um, it's a toss-up. I, I like Wilson. Um, I, I want to talk about Chambers and all these guys, but I won't. And then I agree with the lads. The, the, the three that they said, I'm fine. I think it's a toss-up between between those players. No real surprises. I mean, Judge judges look to work really hard, and he's been a little bit of a leader under Cookie. Cookie might like Judge. He's going to keep. He, well, you know, he'll keep some of them. We don't know what he's going to do, do we? Bishop is a key for me. Everyone's raving about Danassian, even though we haven't seen him for months. So let's say Danassian, and I'll, I'll agree with the boys on Edwards too. So, so for the second question in a row, someone's just thrown the question out there saying, let's not bother with it until six six or seven weeks. Thanks, guys. Thanks. I won't really say we'll know, we, we'll know a lot more. Yeah, it's a, diff- it's a really difficult question to answer now. I think it'll be quite an easy question to answer in six weeks and we'll see how the players respond. And then we'll go, ah, actually, they've responded. They deserve, they deserve the shirt, which is what it's all about. Okay. Well, Liam Bloomers, we won't bother then. Uh, let's move on to Wigan. No, I'm joking. Now, I want to get your thoughts anyway. Um, I'm going to go over to you, um, Liam, next, and Bloomers will wrap up with you. Um, hopefully, you won't chuck the question under the bus, <laughs> um, as everybody else. But um, So, Liam, uh, which three players are you keeping? Um, once again, do you agree with the lads, or are you chucking another player in there? Uh, well, the only change I would make is Wilson. Uh, for me, um, and I know you're not going to like this, but Edwards can get in the bin because, to be honest, he has shown it, but it's fleeting. It's just little glimpses here and there, and then he gets injured. Um, and I, I know that's a common theme of many town players who can't seem to stay fit, but for me, he's been here three seasons um, and hasn't hasn't produced um, what we expected um, from when he came in from Peterborough. Um, and where you can, it depends what you want to say about it, whether it's managers playing him in the wrong position, whether whether he, he, he hasn't been fit enough. But at the end of the day, I just, I, I think needs a clean, uh, a clean slate. Um, Donatian, um, I think, is a really really um, steady hand, um, a safe pair of gloves. So I'll keep him 
and his versatility, of course. And then Bishop, I mean, he is probably one that you could maybe lump in with the the Chambers kind of scoose debate about the years of stagnation and the, and so on. I know Bishop was a young player at the beginning of all that um, and has got more and more game time as it's gone along. Well, actually, only really this season. Uh, he's, he is the big injury problem, isn't he? And he, he never stays fit. So you give him another deal and he's potentially out, but he still gives you um, something different. Um, and he gives you that spark if you can get him playing. Um, Jackson can go. Um, it is a shame, but he clearly can't play anything else other than in a two. Um, although I would be interested. I would be interested to see um, Norwood potentially play the 10 in behind. And a bit like what Parrott has been doing. Uh, currently, because Parrott's a striker, but he's been playing in the 10. I just wonder if Norwood could still do that role and still score goals, but give Jackson the, the centre the center forward uh, place, but would make him more comfortable. I think that's the only way you can get around that, because um, he can't play out wide and he clearly can't play on his own without someone really close to him. So for me, it, it would be sad. Um, but I think clean slate. But the, the the Chambers debate, I am completely and utterly on. He he he. If if he gets a new contract, then I'll be absolutely amazed. Um, and I actually listened to the pod today, the um, the one that the boys put out on the main the main podcast, and. Stu and Andy's reasoning for keeping Chambers was was leadership, this lack of leaders in the side. And Alex basically took it away from me in his in his first bit about Cook talking about leaders. Um, and Seggs has said it um, about Paul Hurst um, and about whether whether he what maybe potentially was thrown under the bus earlier than what he should have been. We probably would have still got relegated on the Hurst, but he was trying to change the culture of the club that we've already said in this podcast that has been there for years and years and years. This, uh, as Alex, uh, was it Alex or, or Bloom has talked about this cancer that's been in the club for since the playoffs, basically. And I'm not suggesting that Chambers is the the the... the the big, the big symptom of this. Um, he has been at the club for a long time and he has been a great servant to it. But, I mean, I'm only coming in from the last few years since I've been a season ticket holder. And I, from what I've seen, I wouldn't, I, he's, for me, he's not good enough for the level that Ipswich Town want to be. He makes too many mistakes. He, he, he does lose his concentration quite a bit. And um, and regardless of whether he's the captain or not, you can't have a, a player just because he's the captain who potentially isn't good enough um, as as a player. Um, and I d I don't know if it's if it's managers have have 
seeing something in him. But I mean, to be honest, managers, I'm surprised no one has tried to move him on before. Um, and and it comes back to what Seg said about Hurst and about um, and about the the senior players didn't like the changes that he was making. Um, I, obviously, the talk was that Chambers went straight to Evans, and and that's that was the end of him. That was the end of Hurst. Well, frankly, Chambers, I, I don't see any leadership. We've talked a lot about this season about with no fans in the ground about the voices and hearing those voices. And Chambers is the captain, and you don't hear his voice. He's not the as Alex said about um, Cook about all the all the direction from from the touchline, trying to almost coach them, a bit like Jose Mourinho did with Luke Shaw, um, in in basically telling them what they should be doing or trying. It, Chambers should be shouting a lot more on the pitch as the skipper, and he doesn't. And the fact that he houses a lot of the youth players. It's commendable, but that shouldn't be his job. That should be the club that should be looking after those players. Luke Chambers should not be taking it upon himself to house a lot of the youth players, to give them somewhere to live um, while they're, they're part of the club. It should be the club that should be doing that to make them feel wanted at the club. Um, and he's done all that. But frankly, as, as Seg said um, a bit earlier and, and so on, that... You want a new direction, a freshness, then frankly, um, Chambers is at the top of that list um, to remove because he had he is the culture that has been there for the last ten years of just comfortable, comfortable, just a comfortability. No one is is being pushed out of their comfort zone, um, and I think there needs to be a reset and Cook has talked about this mental weakness in the side. I think Cook will be looking at players who can give him a lot more strength in terms of mentality and potentially he will have a few ideas about leaders that he'll want to bring into the side. So for me, um, the two most senior, Scoose and uh, Chambers, both go um, and we get a fresh start. Um, Sex, over to you. Your your name got dropped in a few times there, so um, take away. Yeah. Um, firstly, I'll go back to the Chambers point because I have got a couple of points on that, going off what Liam said. But um, in terms of the Norwood number 10 role, I don't like. Um, I agree, if you're going to play Jackson up front, you need someone like that, but you need more of a Daryl Murphy kind of player. And the player that we've got who could fit that role at the moment is Ollie Hawkins. Um, so if you're going to play Jackson up front, you could potentially play Ollie Hawkins behind if you want to do that. Um, but in terms of that, we haven't really got the players to do that with Jackson up front, in my opinion. Um, Hawkins isn't good enough to fit that mould. Um, so I'd rather have Norwood up front. He's in, in that number 11 role. He is a you know a gifted goal scorer. Sometimes he doesn't show it, as we know. But I think he is our, he is our number one goal scorer and you need to play him in his position, in my opinion. Um, so, so there's that. <laughs> Also, Chambers, a um, couple of things I was going to add. The, uh, we're talking about under the Hurst season. Just getting the, the player of the season that year was just a joke. The number of mistakes he made, he was nowhere near good enough for the championship that season. And to think, to think, hang on, just, and to think it goes back to the how we're going to go back to this 
we can't make a decision until six weeks' time. You can't give Chambers another contract if we're fighting for the playoffs. Because if you get promoted and you've got Chambers back in that defensive role again next season, that's not going to work at all. He wasn't good enough three years ago, so how is he going to be good enough next year if we go up? If, that's a big if. So, you know, um, you, you, some, for some of these players, you've got to wait until nearly the end of the season to find out where we're going to be next season before you offer them a contract because the Chambers of the Scoose, they are going to be too old to fit that role next year if we get in the championship, which is, which is you know, unlikely, but you never know. We're still in that position where we could get promoted and we, these things have to be thought about. Um, and secondly, it's good that Chambers houses these, these younger players, but if, I don't know, if, if you're a youngster at Ipswich Town, would you kind of say that's favouritism? You know, it's up, he's taken me under his wing. Why, why isn't he taken? Why isn't he taking me under his wing when he's taken so and so under his wing? Isn't that kind of a a bad way, a, a way to kind of think? Oh, I've, it could be a way to improve yourself, maybe. But also, you kind of feel like he doesn't like me. If, does that make sense? Uh, have I gone too far there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was just a thought I had during that. I don't know. Because I, I have heard one or two things that he kind of he if he takes you under your wing, he likes you. But if you don't fit the mould, then you're not going to succeed at this club. Um, <laughs> We're not going to go down that road, but I get, yeah, I get where you got yeah, you know from. I mean, no. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. But you know what I mean, no, that, but the fact is, though, if, if that's the kind of attitude we have at this club, then he's got to go because you should feel like you're all in one. And if you, if you don't feel like that, you're not going to do very well at this club and you're not going to play for the club because we've sent it under Lambert. So you can edit that if you want. It was just the point that I... No, no, we'll keep we'll keep it in. I just I don't think we should go down the road. I think we've spoken about Chambers a lot. I don't know if Bloomers is going to mention it. I'm sure he will do. Um, but yeah, finally, uh, Bloomers, you've heard once again what all the lads have said. Um, your take on the the mad just contract? You know, Paul Cook came out and said that you know it's going to see be some brutally honest contract talks with these players. Um, so you're free, or just about pick free. Yeah, it is just about picking three. Also, I, I think I've fixed my internet now, so there shouldn't be any issues. Uh, I should be much better. It's uh, This is going to come with the preface that of these three players I name, if any of them don't appear for it next season, I, I, I wouldn't be upset. Um, so, so yeah, it's... it's it, And this decision can be made now. I can't see what I'm going to change in six weeks' time. Um based upon my selections and what I've seen from players already. Obviously, I'm not the manager and the manager hasn't been here for the last few years, so I completely understand why he'd wait as long as possible to to make decisions. But the three players I'd have, the first one I'd pick would be Teddy Bishop. Um, it's looking at the list, looking at the position that he plays in. Is he on that? Is he, compared to the names on that list, is he the best in that position? Probably yes. Um Homegrown player, he actually is, you know, played a little bit more than he has in the last few years. Do I think he's like championship quality? I have absolutely no idea because, like, you can't name me one player that's impressed in these two seasons in League One that we've that we've been here. So I would keep him. It's not a glowing must keep, but but screw it. You told me to name three names. So there's one. Number two, uh, I would choose Kane Jackson now. Again, this is me looking at the player and not necessarily if I was Paul Cook and what system Paul Cook might play. Because I get 
what people are saying, what you some of you guys have said that on paper, if Paul Pickles play a certain way, it might not be the best for Kane Jackson. However, a pacey League One striker that teams can get the that a team could get the best out of will do well in this division. You only have to look at the likes of Johnson, Clark Harris. My me and my friend were talking at the start of the season, and my friend said to me, "Oh, uh, Clark Harris is signed for." Peterborough, you saw him a little bit when at Coventry, and I and I did. Um, do you think like he's a better top goal scorer? And I said, absolutely not. He's, he, I've never seen anything that to me he's going to be worth it. I can't see why Peterborough have signed him. At massive downgrade from Ivan Tony. He's currently, I think, the, the League One top goal scorer. So it shows what I know. If a team can get the best out of a striker that's like that, that can be direct, that can go on, Liam. I only say with Clark Harris is he's more versatile than Jackson. He can play along those front three, can play out wide as a wide forward or down the centre, whereas Jackson clearly can't play the wide position uh, either because he won't track back. So that that's all I would say on that. That's a, that's a fair comment. I'm not sure how much tracking uh, Clark Harris does, but if you say he does, then I'm, I'm happy to, to, to concede because I, I haven't watched so much of Clark Harris this season. But the, the point I'm making is I think Jackson has the uh, – he's clearly got something about him because te- that's why teams are after him and teams the division above us are after him. Whether Paul Cook is the man to get the best out of him, I'm not sure, but I'm picking three players here, so he would be my second one with the caveats that I've said. And the third one, and this is probably interesting because I don't think anyone's said it, I would pick James Wilson, and the reason I pick him is – He's a solid. He, he's a solid squad player. I wouldn't have him as the linchpin of my defence. However, we need a massive clear out. I think we all agree on that. And there are names on this list can go. He would be one to keep. Who'd been a relatively modest wage. He has experience. He's someone that hasn't really had loads of flack in, in the time that he's been here. I'm not saying he's he's been perfect. Obviously, he hasn't. Obviously, he's made mistakes. But I'm planning on getting rid of Chambers um, and I guess getting rid of Danassian if we're only picking three. I just think he would be a solid player to keep and one that experience can be drawn from. Um, I've got a point about sort of the, the capture ship and I'll speak that in a minute, but I saw you guys put your hand up. So by all means, jump in whoever wants to. I was just going to say, Bloom, is he, he, he might even be, I think it's between him and Kenlock, over um, a pointless player of the year. And I'd be very surprised. I don't know if it ever happened at Ipswich that we had a player of the year, which might be Wilson. We, I really don't see, it's either him or Kenlock, isn't it? And then um, we, we get rid, and then we're just going to get rid of, we're going to dump them. They're not good enough. So normally we've lost our players of the year to other clubs who've been sold on, but it'd be Bloomers. Yeah, you're right about Wilson, but yeah, he could be our player of the year, couldn't he? He could. Um, I think we did lose Jimmy Bullard when he was player of the year, and then we signed, I think, the clone of Jimmy Bullard because he wasn't the same player uh, when he came back. Um, but but yeah, like I, I know he's suddenly become like this key goal scorer, which is bizarre. But even even before that, he's just a solid a solid hand. And um, there's a player that, that strikes my mind, and this is going back a few years. And there's a player, uh, that I saw in League One quite a lot called Gary Jones. Now, it might not mean a lot to any of you, okay? Uh, especially because he's a Rochdale legend. And this is back when Rochdale weren't uh, in Ipswich Town's division. But um, I saw him in the back end of his career when he played for uh, Bradford and then uh, went on to play for Notts County. Um, Phil Parkinson signed him for Bradford, uh, I think in 2011, 2013. 
And he was about 36 at the time. But his experience, you could just tell. The reason he was on that pitch was just for experience, to know exactly what to do, exactly what his limitations were. But he wasn't doing it in a way that was the detriment to the team. It was in a way that completely was at ease with the rest of the squad. And it was just the pure engine room and basically the mould that the manager wanted to have on the pitch. And that season, uh, Bradford got to the League Cup final. Um, obviously beat two or three Premier League sides along the way. Uh, and Bradford would have probably done a lot, lot better in that division, uh, in that league. Is at League Two, I've just realised it was that division. They'd have probably gone uh, better than they did. It was the fact that um, they got to the League Cup final, sort of derailed their season, so they didn't get automatics. But I am fairly confident to say that Luke Chambers won't be playing for Ipswich next season. And I don't want him to play for Ipswich next season. Because with Paul Cook, he's got to find... And he will. And, and if this was six years ago, okay, in Paul Cook, was, I'm pretty sure this would be Gary Roberts I'm talking about. But he's going to bring in someone that's going to be the mould of what his vision is for the club. And it will be on that pitch. And he will be captain. I will put money on it, if I had to right now. The next yeah. captain of Ipswich Town next season isn't currently playing for us. Absolutely. Um, and 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 yeah, if if, if uh, Chambers goes, Skuse goes in in my book as well. Maybe he'll stay in a coaching capacity. That's why I said Chambers won't play for us next season because I don't know things might happen behind the scenes. But I am quite confident that Cook knows. Maybe he's already got the idea of who wants out there, but he knows that in order to see his philosophy bear fruit, it needs a tree, a root and branch rebuild. And that begins with the captaincy and it will be someone that's not playing for us at the moment. Ooh, well said as ever. Um, Harvey, I saw you you put your hand up during Harvey, um, during Bloomer's um, chat. Did you want to add anything? Yeah, just just very, very briefly on Wilson. Um, I completely agree with, with Bloomer's. He's, he's, a, he's a real decent League One defender. The It was very, very close between him and Edwards. And the only reason, as I said, I would have edged with Edwards is only because I rate him Darby so highly. And that might come back to bite me if, for example, he does, you know, get in the squad next season and he, and he, he isn't as, as good as we think he is. But I really do think he's, he's a good player. And not only that, um, I actually think it's, it's vital to have a left-footed centre-back, um, to have balance in there. And, and Darby offers us that balance. So um, if I wasn't so kind of, uh, you know, excited about Ndaba and, and what he could bring, um, then I would 100% be keeper Wilson because I agree he's been our best player this season. But um, for me, I think it's about time that Ndaba is, is given that pathway to break through. Um, and I think that with Wilson going, James going, and Ciala going, we're going to be bringing in at least one centre-back. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's the only reason I, I, would, I would say... I would let Wilson go because um, I think Ndaba is going to be a, a mainstay in that defence over the over the coming years. Maybe we'll finally get Curtis Tilton. <laughs> no, not that one again. <laughs> no, God, Jesus! Have a blast from the past there, Curtis Tilton. Jesus Christ. Um, okay, then. Um, are we all happy to move on to Wigan, or does anybody else want to chuck any other names in? I just want to say, Ross, that next season you're going to do some amazing podcasts because you're going to have names that are going to come to the club and you're going to go, wow, because that's what Cookie's going to do. <laughs> it might be, I'm thinking I'm thinking maybe it's a Richard Keogh, not him particularly, but that's the personality he's looking for. 
that's someone who is just going to grab them and, and, and will only accept the highest of standards and drag every on, everyone else up with him. And that's what Ipswich need. And we haven't had that for donkey's years. And you're going to have an exciting summer, mate. I'm telling you, your pods, we will be in League One, but your pods are going to be really exciting. And there's going to be names, just like Bloom has said, very likely the captain isn't at the club. I totally agree. I hope, I hope the names are like Gary Jones, Sutton. That's easy to pronounce because, as you know, I'm bad at pronouncing any, right. just any Gary hard Jones, names. Gary Jones is a scouser as well. And I've just looked and he's, I think he's 42. So, you know, no, he would do. played for Southport last, he might end up coming. You never know. You never know. But, um, yeah, <laughs> exciting times. I'm just, I'm, I think for all of us, it's just great that finally we're going to have a, a nice rebuild, a, just a, a fresh look. And, you know, Paul Cook has been refreshing well, since coming in. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, we, we don't want to say too much, and then next summer it's oh. Ugh. But Harvey, I saw your hand up. Just, just very, very briefly. Just thinking about it's a really, really interesting point for Bloom is about the player you know who's going to be captain is isn't currently at the club. I'm just thinking about players that maybe are out of contract and stuff like that. There's a centre back for Rochdale, um, Owen O'Connell. It's, it's something along those lines. Centre back who is the Rochdale captain. He's only 24. Who's also out of contract at the end of the season? Who I've not seen loads of him, but sounds like a really, really good player. Um, is a kind of mainstay in that back four. He's also played in midfield a few times. Um, I think he was named captain last season and did a really good job there. So someone like him, I could see is going for. Um, he's Irish as well. Yeah, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a, yeah, exactly. Um, so someone like him, I could see is see is going for. It's going to be. It's gonna. It's not the worst time, I don't think, at the moment for clubs like Town that don't necessarily spend a lot of money because as terrible as this pandemic has been, there's going to be a hell of a lot of players free agents. There's going to be some good players that are going to be free agents. So people like him, you know, there's going to be a few others. There's going to be a lot of decent performers at this level who are going to be free agents in the summer. So um, it was just someone I, I kind of throw out there who I think would do a good job, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, definitely fair play. Um, so let's move into the Wigan game then. Uh, uh, oh, this will be an interesting one, of course. Paul Cook going back to his old stomping ground at Wigan. Um, he left there because, well, he just he left because the administration, everything like that. And before I go over to Alex to get his thoughts on the game, I just want to just I don't know who said it, but someone said right here, right now, and that song has been stuck in my head the whole show. I don't know who said it, but I've just been going right here. Right now, it's just been it's a bang institution of a song that is. Yeah, yeah, that, right, play, yeah. that plays play just when I come at home, doesn't it? Yeah, just that's, what, that's probably why. Yeah. That's probably why. Oh, it is an iconic song, though, to be fair. So, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's your um, first dance song, isn't it, Sex? No, is it? <laughs> see it now. That's the title of this now. podcast now, Ross. Pardon? I said you can make that the title of this week's podcast now, Ross. Yeah, that's a. There we go. I always ask you guys what the title will be. There we go. Right here, right now, live on the show. That's been chucked out there. Um, but yeah, Wigan. Uh, we haven't played them since the opening day of the season, of course, which was live on Sky. We finally got rid of the curse, uh, beating them 2-0. Um, nice clean sheet and all that. Sunny days under the other pool. Um, but yeah, lots happened since then. Um, of course, a new manager in. Um, a different system being played. Um over to you then, Alex. How are you feeling going into this one? What's your prediction? Um, I, I listened to the EA 
DT boys, you know, they do they do great coverage. And I'm listening to that podcast yesterday. I was disagreeing with most of what they said. I've got to be honest. It's a must win on Saturday. Stuart was, Stuart was saying, well, it's kind of a must not lose. No, another defeat, another loss on Saturday will really kick us down and keep us down. We have to win on Saturday. It's an absolute must win. We, we can't go three de- defeats on the spin. And we have to win. We have to pick it up now. OK, there's 11 games left and we need to win at least seven of them. But we do to get into the playoffs because like the boys were saying, other teams are on a roll and they're going to keep rolling now. Other teams are getting a bit of a rhythm and we're still looking for ours. So my prediction is absolute pain. Um, I think we will see that high press. I think we'll continue to do that. Oh, God, I don't know. I, I, what team is he going to pick? Is he going to change things? Maybe I tell you what, he'll have seen stuff on the training ground. So I think we'll I think we'll see some changes, boys. I really do. I think we'll see another three or four changes. Um we'll win three nil. Three nil. Okay. <laughs> I saw Bloomers is laughing there. I'm gonna go over two then. Um are you are you just screaming that? No, I'm laughing because I want the name of the podcast to be changed to absolute pain. <laughs> <laughs> absolute pain. Um, <laughs> you just call it absolute pain right here, right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm also, I'm also laughing because you said my catchphrase. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, true. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I just don't. Right, hey, Alex, Alex, just remember: the smart people don't tell you what they do know; they'll tell you when they don't know. <laughs> Wise words, Bloomers. Thank you. Um, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think the score will be? I mean, I'm a wise man. I said I'm not a wise man. Don't ask me. Um, I think it is a must. Yeah, it's a, I mean, come on. I can't believe Stu said that. I, that threw under my radar. Of course, it's a must win. Um, come on. Like, it's, it's Wigan. Like, we do have to. Of course, we have to win. Like, we want to be a playoff team. We must win this game. This would be drop points. Huge drop points if we didn't win this game. Do I think we will? Yeah, I do. I do think we will. That first game, by the way, seems such a long time ago. I actually was able to watch that at my parents' house. Um, I could see people in the flesh. It was a, a good performance then. I mean, Wigan were in utter, utter disarray. They've stabilised a little bit, but the league table doesn't lie. They are where they are because the players that are playing for them at the moment are towards the bottom end of the division in terms of their ability. They're not going to be the same as what we faced in the first game of the season, just like we're not the same for them. But, yeah, this is the first week where Cook has had ample time. I say ample time. He's had time where there's no midweek game and we should see a difference. What the difference is going to be, I, I don't know. But I can see changes being made again. And I can see... More of the fir- more of the same from the first forty minutes from the Portsmouth game. That, that's what I'd like to see, anyways, because we were clearly having success and we took the lead. And even when we uh, conceded for half time, if you went in and looked at that first forty five, I'd certainly say we weren't bad value for the one one. Maybe even argue a case for us to be winning that game. And I think anything similar in those like those first forty minutes, and we'll be okay against Wigan. But um, whether whether there's some changes or not, I don't know. 
Um, so Kane Vincent Young coming into the mix um, is very intriguing. And oh god, what a shit house uh, Kane Vincent Young is! Can't believe he was injured all his time, but he hasn't wasn't actually. No, I'm joking. What kind of idiot would say something like that? Um, <laughs> so yeah, whether we get some changes, uh, I don't know, but I think it will be enough for us to win the game. This is me not saying anything about Wigan and this manager speak here. No disrespect to Wigan because they are probably very easily capable of turning us over. So I'm, I'm saying all this not with any lightheartedness towards them and it's an away game and our away form is horrendous at the moment. And, and uh, I mean, our home form's no great shakes either, but the away form has fallen off a cliff. So if we're going to write the ship for that, then this would be a good game to start with because it's on paper one of the easier ones, but so is the whole rest of the season and, and none of us are confident in getting the points that we need. This is all a very long-winded way of saying 2-0 Ipswich, but 2-0 Ipswich. Okay, then. Um, over to you then, Segs. Um, what do you think? We're getting there. They're, they're one of those many teams who, you know, are fighting for their lives to stay in this division. We're trying to get in the playoffs, but they're trying to fight for their lives to stay in this division. Um, Paul Cook returning there, um, going to be playing, uh, will be taking on one of his good buddies, who's the Wigan manager at the moment. Um, so it should be an interesting match. Yeah, I've got it. I can't go. Um, one of the first away games I went to was Wigan back under Royal. We had um, they had the police escort us around, and we missed. I think like, we managed to just get into the kickoff or just after, so that was a. Bit of a disappointing there, but in terms of that, I think it was 2 2. I can't quite remember now. Um, obviously, under the Coochie and Bent days, it was just the season just before the season rules last season. Sorry, so obviously, it was the, the 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 year that we could have gone up, but again, lack of investment, we couldn't. But I like that stadium, I would go back again. Um, got a can't this year. Um, it's a shame, but in terms of Saturday, um, Will King will score, <laughs> definitely score against this. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, uh, I think there'll be changes. Cook's had a week. He's had a week now to actually proper look at the team players he's got. You know, it's, it's been so Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday since he's been here. He's now had this full week to actually look, implant his ideas, um, get him working in training, see if they can carry him out as he hopes. Um, so it would definitely be an interesting one. I'm quite hopeful. It's, it's a must win. I'm going to go, unless it's, it's been talked about earlier, if John's going to go nil-nil after going 4-1 earlier in the season, then, you know, something's happened to John. So I'm going to go for the 4-1 that he has that he should be going for. I'm going to do it. It's, we'll go 4-1. 4-1 Ipswich. Keane will score for them. Um, but we'll, you know, that I'm not, not, I don't want to disrespect them, but they are struggling. Um, we need to get our season finally again going. I mean, it's... Weird to say we've only 12 games to go, but we do need to start. If we want to get playoffs, we need to get the results. So why not, after a week of having Paul Cook's instructions and training, just go for it. Use, do what you want to do. Just annihilate him. 4-1. 4-1. I'll say it 4-1. <laughs> okay, then. I'll, I'll look forward to that then. 4-1. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Five goals in the game. Happy days. Um, Liam, over to you then. Uh, it's good to see KVY back. I um, just want to say that again. Um, will he start? Do you reckon Paul Cook would chuck him in there to start? Absolutely no chance. I know I've been burnt with KVY in the last week, uh, saying that he wouldn't have featured against Portsmouth, and I've lost out financially there. 
still waiting for that five quid. <laughs> well, I'm in, I'm in a different country at the moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, so but that I, I cannot <laughs> see. Bank transfers. <laughs> True, there is bank transfers I... and all that, yeah. Yeah, that's my. Well, there is, but he, wa- he, wants, he wants it in pints. So, well, he he said it. I'm 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 only going to what the audience wants. Um, yeah, was, but I, I mean, with KBY, he won't he won't start. Um, I think from what Cook has said in the press, that they are going to make sure that they ease him back in gently and they don't overdo it because um, the. The, the worst thing that can happen now is he breaks down again. Um, and so they have to be careful with him because uh, he is he, <laughs> funny thing to say that he's been out for so long, but he still is the future of that position, the right back position. So if we lose him again, then it's, it's, it's just a, a nightmare because he is a, a really good fullback um, and we have missed him. Um the interesting one was what you just said um, to start uh, segs there about um, the assistant manager or his ex-assistant manager being in charge of Wigan. That, for me, that's quite an interesting thing because he'll know all about Cook uh, and about his how his teams line up. So in a way, that might make this game a lot harder than people make it out because he'll know exactly what to potentially expect. Um, and obviously, we'll have seen um, the way that Ipswich have been played. I mean, look, on on paper, Ipswich should win this quite comfortably. But um, I'm in your camp, and I've heard you say this on the main pod. Um, uh, I think it was uh, Monday for the, the 200th one, when they were talking about uh, the playoffs. My last name um, and my middle name. And your middle, well, yeah, I wasn't going to mention that, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the playoffs, right? In theory, on paper, that running is fantastic. That 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 is as good a running as we could have possibly hoped for to get into the playoffs. But I don't think mentally the players are strong enough um, to cope with the pressure for me, and they should be winning most of these games. But if it comes to a, a stage where they have to win, and it, it absolutely now mathematically they have to win to stay in the running, uh, I just don't. I mean, Fleetwood on the final day, I, if they have to get a result against Fleetwood at Portman Road on the last day, I, I, I'm, I, I think they'll crumble, <laughs> to be honest, and won't make it. I think this is this is a lot, um, a lot more not straightforward as people think. These, as you say, these teams are fighting for their lives, starting with Wigan. Um, and they're going to, obviously quality-wise, we, we should be better than them. But it's desire. A lot of it desire. And if Town keep meandering along in games, they will get burnt by some of these teams lower down the league. And they've already have. I mean, Northampton got a point at Portman Road and, and obviously Swindon returned the, the sky curse just after after New Year. So um they're they're not absolute givens. Um which is why I think town will fall short of the playoffs. I, I do. And I think in a way I think that might be a good thing because I think uh, we will be getting embarrassed in the playoffs uh, regardless of what Cook 
can get out of these players for the last uh, last month and a half of the season. Uh, but going to Wigan, um, I think we'll win it. But I don't think it'll be straightforward. I think one one nil win, um, a standard one nil win, because I, I still can't see us scoring more than one goal a game at the moment. Fair enough. Um, Segs? Just a weird kind of... Does anyone else think it's not actually the players, it's more hereditary? Look at all, look at all the players we've had who, and seasons where we've crumbled. Is it actually just the Ipswich way? And not, uh, is that the Ipswich mindset? And not the actual players someone just sold their soul in 1981. And this is the karma. <laughs> <from> that. Yeah. <laughs> just one promotion in, and well, two good seasons since then, really, in terms of... Well, we had the 1990, I know, but, you know, the 1999-2000... Nineteen ninety nine to 2000, 2001, you know, two good seasons. But since then, we've just crumbled ever since. Yeah, but what a season that was, though. No, I know, yeah, I'm not saying that. I remember it. I'm not saying that. I'm just. I was saying five. No, oh, whatever. <laughs> ever since then, it's, it's, it's more it's more of an Ipswich way than the players' way, isn't it? It's, we have had that mindset for so long now. Absolutely. That's bad. For me, for me, for me, it, it, it's. I said it earlier about on paper, these players should be good enough um, and they should be some of the best players in the league. And I think as actual players, I think, yeah, they are. But mentally, I don't think any of these have got the mental strength to be winners. They haven't got that winning mentality in there. I don't think it's their technique or their technical ability. It's more to do with their mental strength. And I think that is why Ipswich are, have been lacking for a number of years. It's, it's but, not potentially the players that they bring in aren't good enough from a technical point of view. I think it's all up here but um, that's, where, that's, where they've struggled. That's down to past, the past seasons, though. I mean, if you look at Freddie, uh, I will use this. I do think Freddie should go. But... Play that position so many times. I've said this so many, so many times as well. But play that position for so many years now, and he's lost that striker touch. Whereas if he'd been played played in the position where he was brought into play, he would be a better player than what he is now. It's it's just so many seasons of whoever taken out of him, and they've it's it's just taken its toll on some of these players. I'm not, I don't want to make any excuses for him, but there is there is these reasons as well as to why these players aren't as good as they should be. I mean, Freddie is. You know, playing up front, he isn't. He isn't the player he was when we signed him in 2014, 2015. No way is he, because he hasn't been played there. He's been played on the wing, and he's he's it's been taken out of him. I, I do think there is a just bad management for, for the past few years, unfortunately. And of course, but the problem is the problem is, is technically. <laughs> Sorry, the problem is just technically we're not very good either at the moment. We can't pass the ball and keep it. So the no. technical side of our game has been absolutely bloody awful. We can't pass the ball anymore and keep it. So technically, as well as mentally, we're tumbling, which is why we're 10th in League One, which is a disgrace. Yes. Um, anyway, um, Harvey, <laughs> once again, uh, we're going to go back to the, to the road to, to Wigan. Um, your 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 thoughts on on this game? Um, is it the, the road to getting back into the playoffs or are we going to keep stalling and stalling and, yeah, season over? <laughs> Um, hopefully, um, regarding the kind of the kind of must-win thing, I think what Stu means is it's not, you know, we're not three points out, out you know, outside the playoffs with two games left, kind of thing. We're not yeah. in that kind of must-win territory yet. Um, obviously, oh, yeah. he knows that we're going to a team that we should be beating. Anyone knows that. Um, 
But it's going to be a tough game. Uh, I think if, if we can stay up this season, this is just my opinion, Liam Richardson should, be, should win manager of the, of, of the year for me. I really, really do think that because he's done a, an unbelievable job with a, you know, a team and a club that has been dismantled from top to bottom. He's brought, in, brought through so many young players. Um, and they've still got some decent players there. Tom Pierce, the left-back, I'd actually put money on him being an Ipswich player this time next season. I really would. Um, I think we will sign him in the summer. It's obvious that we're going to need another left-back. So, he's a decent player. Uh, Callum Lang came back from a, a, a brief kind of loan spell with Motherwell. He's a really good player. He's scored a few goals this season and he's kind of sparked a bit of interest elsewhere, I think. So, it's going to be a tough game. Um, I think there will be changes. I think he will just about stick with Chambers, although he'll be tempted to go with KVY because he's so, obviously, enthusiastic about these athletic fullbacks. So, um, I think Wolfenden will come into the centre with obviously McGuinness being on international duty and Chambers will probably continue it right back. Um, so they're not going to be any pushovers, but of course it's a game we you know we should be beating teams at the bottom, of course. Um, and I think we will do that. I think we'll win 2-1. Um, and just quickly with the whole kind of Cook-Richardson um, uh, relationship, there's, there was a lot said about the previous manager, I'm going to call it, um, how his uh, kind of relationship with Ian Culverhouse was so important and then Culverhouse went kind of separately, you know, into into his own kind of management career and stuff like that. I think we we will see the best from Cook, possibly when Liam Richardson's at the club as well. Um, you know, he's, he's worked with him at every single job, I think, I think he said. So them two will rub off each other really, really well. I think... I'm talking like he's going to be here in the summer. I, I think he will. I think even if he was offered the Wigan job, I think his loyalty to Cook, I think he will be at town in the summer. So I think we'll see the best of Cook as well with, with Richardson at his side. Um, but I've gone off on a bit of a, of a tangent, I know. But um, yeah, I do think we'll win. I think we'll win 2-1. It certainly won't be as as, as comfortable um, as we'd like because um, they've been some decent sides this season, Wigan. They've not been a pushover. Uh, you know, we go back to their, um, I remember the first game of the season, their defender, I think, I'm sure I recall, he it was a, he gave away about four or five foul throws. He just couldn't throw the ball, one of their defenders. Um, so they're a much better side now, Wigan, then, than they were at the start of the season. I know their league position reflects that they've been pretty poor all season and they've lost a lot of games, I'm not disputing that, but there's certainly no pushovers. They've got a, a decent little... Um, you know, a, de- a decent little side there, and I think, I think they might stay up. So, um, but yeah, of course, we we should be beating them, and I think we will. I think we're going to go two one, um, and uh, yeah, hopefully it will it will send us on our way to a to cement in a place in the top six, which will of course come to nothing. But um, I'm sure the uh, the ride will be nice while uh, while we're in there. Okay then, well, I think that is all she wrote. Um, I think that yeah. You, you were saying about the roads to Wigan. What roads are they taking? Just doing Andy and the players. What roads are they taking, Ross? Just test your knowledge. <laughs> I don't know. M5. I don't know. I, 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 I'm bad at my roads. Up I north. Really don't know. Up north somewhere. <laughs> yeah, up north. A road that takes I'm them to Wigan. You along just, just, just quickly as well. I've forgotten who it was who talked about the DW Stadium being a good away day. I think it was sex. 
if anyone hasn't been to the DW Stadium and you do in the future, you need to try the DW Stadium Pie. They are sensational. Absolutely yeah. sensational. I remember that's that the kind of thing that gets you going at half time, which me it is. Honestly, you need to you need to try them. They're, they are different crap, different class even, different crap. <laughs> Well, that's um, that's one thing I was going to mention, Harvey. You know, because you're in Wales, that is probably one of your closest away games in terms of, you know, the catching area. I'm sure that is one of the away games you would have gone to. So, you yeah. know, sad times to bring up, you know, COVID yeah, yeah. stuff. It's only, it's only about an hour, an hour and a little bit away. So that's one one I went to. Um, well, I go to quite a lot. Uh, it's not too far away at all, and yeah, it's, it's a good away day, Wigan. Yeah, I definitely. definitely go again. Mm. Yeah, A4 to M6, yeah. or you can go the A1 M62. It's up to you. But, you know. Knowledge. <laughs> yeah, great. Great way to end the pod. Um, so, yeah, there we go. If you, if you want to know how to get the Wigan, yeah, lovely. No one's um, going to go because we're all stuck at home. Yeah, true, true, true. But um, there we go. Well, I hope everyone has enjoyed listening to our our many discussions uh, today, uh, tonight, afternoon, whenever you listen to this. Uh, but Bloomers, Harvey, Segs, Alex and Liam, thank you very much for joining me. Um, I've still got flat, uh, Fat Boy Slim right here, right now on my head. I'm going to probably play that at the end of the pod. Why not? Um, but as always, uh, make sure to follow us on Kings of Anglia, on all the socials, on the YouTube channel, of course, as well. And uh, also give us a review. Let us know. Give us some feedback, what you think of the show. And um, if you want to get involved in future podcasts, get in contact with me at Ross Media UK on Twitter. It'd be great to get as many guys as possible involved in this. So let us know. But there we go. Up the Blues. Let's see how they get on against Wigan. Is the season over? We'll be back on the road to the playoffs. We'll wait and see. Bye-bye for now. to football, Brexit to Popeville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.